0: We are also to pray always for the body of Christ. In verse 18, again, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we are to pray always, but we're to be praying always for the body of Christ. It seems like quite often we might be guilty of praying always for ourselves and personal needs. Father, help me with this. Father, help me with that. Oh, Lord Jesus, just help me here. And we need to be engaging in praying for others.
1: From God's Word.
0: You have your Bibles, and I hope that you do. You can turn them to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 20 although we've talked through all of Ephesians going verse by verse, this message has a very topical feel to it. And I have five points. I'm going to tell you the five points right off the bat here, and then we'll go through them. So you'll have a chance to write them down twice. If I talk too fast now, um, you'll pick it up. The opening will always be we are to pray always that's point one but we're always going to use that phrase in each of the other additional points so we are to pray always point one number two we are to pray always with all prayer and supplication number three we are to pray always in the spirit number four we all are to pray always for the body of christ number five we are to pray always for the ambassadors of Christ. And Father, we pray that you would bless this time. And as we look at this subject of prayer, Lord, we we may be strong prayer warriors here. We may be, Lord, weak. And sometimes, Lord, we may think we're strong in reality. We're weak in our prayers. And other times we may think we're actually weak, but in your economy, we're strong. Lord. I don't know where we fit, but what I do ask, Lord, wherever we're at, Lord, that you would strengthen us in our prayer life uh, through this teaching today, Lord. Encourage us in our prayer life. Help us, Lord, to seek you on our knees. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. But next we see that we are to pray always in the Spirit. This quote I read by D.L. Moody, it doesn't have anything to do with prayer and Spirit. But it made me think, because D.L. Moody once said, I'd rather be able to pray than to be a great preacher. He was a great preacher. But then he said, Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but only how to pray. So we are to pray always, and it's in the Spirit. He taught his disciples how to pray. We know this as the Lord's Prayer. It's found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. And probably almost all of us in here could quote it. We know it. We can pray it by heart. But Jesus still teaches us. He has promised to be our teacher through the Holy Spirit. And so we're to pray always in the Spirit. And it's Jesus who has promised the Spirit to us, God the Holy Spirit, to be in our lives, to be part of our lives, in John 16, 14, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth. In John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John fifteen twenty six, when the Holy Spirit comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. In John sixteen, thirteen and fourteen. However, when he, the Spirit of Truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and take from what is mine and declare it to you. So Jesus is still our teacher. And perhaps today we simply need to ask the Lord, teach us to pray. That's what his disciples asked. Teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples to pray, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, When you pray, don't be like the world, don't be like the publicans. And he gave examples of how the world prays. He says, but when you pray, lock yourself in the secret place, in the closet. Pray to your Father who is in secret, and he will openly reward you. But he gave us that beautiful prayer, our Father which art in heaven. But he still teaches us to pray maybe we need to ask the Lord to teach us once again. Lord, teach me to pray. Ian Bounds wrote, What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. And I would say women, too, there. We don't need more methods. I am repulsed so often by all the methods that are constantly being sent to me or emailed to me or sent to the church. And, you know, great testimonies that come alongside every one of these things. If you would only do this... And it's tempting because they're saying we increased our numbers by 20%, you know, and, and if you do that, you're going to always have to do that because the methods we've been taught through Pastor Chuck Smith, the founder of Calvary Chapel, that if you grow a church through methods, you will always need methods to keep the church going. But if the church grows from the power of the Holy Spirit, then it's a work that God has done and God gets the glory. So we are to pray always through the Spirit because the Spirit helps us to know how we should pray. In Galatians 4, 6, the Bible tells us that you are the sons. God has sent forth his Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. God's Spirit in us, teaching us that we can cry out, Abba, Father. Teaching us what we should be praying. But sometimes we know we don't know what to pray. We have no words to express it. And yet then the Holy Spirit comes alongside us again in Romans 8, 26 and 27. The Spirit comes this time, and it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows the mind of of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit's power combined in our prayer life, helping us in our prayer life. Andrew Murray said, Let us thank God heartily, as often as we pray, that we have his Spirit to teach us to pray. Thanksgiving will draw our hearts out to God and keep us engaged with him. It will take our attention from ourselves and give the Spirit room in our hearts. Are we thankful that we have his spirit to teach us to pray? We're also to pray always for the body of Christ. In verse 18, again, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we are to pray always, but we're to be praying always for the body of Christ. It seems like quite often we might be guilty of praying always for ourselves and personal needs. Father, help me with this. Father, help me with that. Oh, Lord Jesus, just help me here. And we need to be engaging in praying for others. The most important thing a born-again Christian can do is to pray. So we're to be watchful. It's a Greek word that means to be sleepless. I don't know about you, but one of my most difficult things I have in my prayer life is to not sleep, when trying to engage in prayer. I want to set aside a time of praying, and it it seems like no matter what time I try to pick out, you know, if it's early in the morning, I'm still tired, and, and I'm easily able to drift back into sleep. If it's too late at night, well, I'll just pray and fall asleep. And we're to be watchful. It means to be on guard, to be vigilant, to be alert when we pray. And I have to confess to you, sometimes I'm not too alert in my prayer life, but we're called to be watchful, to be alert, to keep ourselves awake while we are praying, but we're also called in all or with all perseverance. It's a word that is only found here in all of the New Testament. This Greek word is only found and translated as perseverance in verse 18 of Ephesians 6, and it means to be enduring. We're to be enduring in our prayer life. Our prayers are to be with watchfulness, having persistence, enduring prayers for the church at large, to be mingled with supplication. Peter said in 1 Peter 4, 7, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. I don't know about you, but man, our world is a mess today we are so connected that something that happens here in our country um, can affect the other side of the world and vice versa and we have what's seemingly to be a, a plague of just violent weather that's capturing our nation right now people we have reason to be in prayer we have reason to be alert, to be watchful, and to be vigilant about the, what the Lord has called us to do. We are to be praying always for all the saints, praying for our brothers and sisters, whether they're here among us or whether they're on the other side of the world. We are to pray always. R.A. said, Oh, men and women, pray through, pray through. Do not just begin to pray and pray a little while and throw up your hands and quit. But pray and pray and pray until God bends the heavens and comes down. There is power in our prayer lives, but I fear too often we don't pray through. Elizabeth Elliot, the wife of Jim Elliot, those missionaries, five who were killed in South America so many years ago, Elizabeth wrote, Do you often feel like parched ground? unable to produce anything worthwhile. I do. When I'm in need of refreshment, it isn't easy to think of the needs of others. But I have found that if, instead of praying for my own comfort and satisfaction, I ask the Lord to enable me to give to others, an amazing thing often happens. I find my own needs wonderfully met. Refreshment comes in ways I would never have thought of, both for others and then incidentally, For myself, we are to pray always for the body of Christ, for the saints. And then finally, we are to pray always for the ambassadors of Christ. Now, I wrap this up in verses 19 and 20 because Paul is asking the church of Ephesus to pray for him. He says in verse 19 and 20, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, this is a personal prayer request that Paul inserts for his readers then. It's useless to pray for Paul today. He's already with the Lord. He's in heaven. He has done his job. But at this time, he was in prison. He had been in prison for over two years. He's writing to the church of Ephesus and he's awaiting to stand before Caesar Augustus. And he's saying, church, pray that I would have boldness, that I'd have the right words to say. But how about just sharing your faith? Wouldn't you want to have the church praying for you to say, give me the right words to say? Several years ago, there was someone who visited our church. They were probably here twice unless that Bible is still here somewhere, they left their Bible. And when you guys leave your Bible, I'm going to look in it (laughs) and try to find out who it belongs to, that I can get it back to you. This particular Sunday, I opened the front of the Bible to see who it belonged to. And uh, it was from a visitor. They had our bulletin there in the front cover of their Bible. And all they did was right across the... um, you know, note section of the bulletin, lacks power. Now, when you just preached and someone writes, lacks power, man, I probably, I, I still remember it. and I'll never forget that. You take it personally. But it could be that I lack power because of, I lack power. It could be that I lack power because I'm weak in my own prayer life. But it could be That I lack power because we're not praying as we should. And that the church, you know, as Paul says, pray for me. I'm asking you, just take Paul's name out of it. He's in heaven. He doesn't need this prayer. But I ask for me, pray for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Just turn that prayer to a prayer for me. Spurgeon said once to his church, shall I give you yet another reason why you should pray? I have preached my very heart out. I could not say any more than I have said. Will not your prayers accomplish that which my preaching fails to do? Is it not likely that the church has been putting forth its preaching hand, but not its praying hand? Oh, dear friends, let's agonize in prayer. I think sometimes we lack power because we're not prayed up. As I read a quote earlier that says, we, we tend to wait to pray until we get engaged in the battle when we should have been in prayer before the battle, before it ever began. But sometimes a ministry lacks prayer because the body that is being ministered to is not praying for that ministry. And I covet your prayers. But I also want to take this Out of this church. You know, I've shown you and told you that there's Calvary Magazine out on the lobby table. If you go to the very back of every issue, it comes out three times a year. But there are lists of our missionaries of the Calvary chapels throughout the world that they just have their prayer requests, their praises listed here. And you can pray through. You don't have to pray for every name, or you can pray for every name. I mean, you got three months before the next issue comes out. You can just take the list and and start with Australia and make it all the way through. What's the last country that they have? North Africa listed here. And pray through the different countries, the missionaries that are there. Pick out one. I know some of these missionaries that are in here. They're friends of mine. And one of them is in transition right now, and, and we've been praying for him and his family after spending 18 years in Poland. He, he just, this last month, moved to Austria to begin a new work. And we can pray for specific needs. We can pray for local needs. Our church Throughout the years that I've been here, we've been really engaged with two ministries, uh, Tri-County Christian Pregnancy and Parenting Services and Love in the Name of Christ, Love Inc. And we can lift up not only our body, our church, but we can lift up local ministries. and, And you don't have to pray for both of them, but maybe, you know, the parenting thing, the pregnancy thing, that's your niche. And, man, engage yourself with that ministry. Or... Love Inc. is is the one that really is like, I like what they're doing. I want to pray for them. And and maybe you'll find that not only praying, but getting involved with them. Or maybe it's something that you can't do, like our church supporting far-reaching ministries over in Africa, and and they're in Russia too, and we can pray for that ministry that God would give them success. Do you know they've been engaged in training chaplains for the Southern Sudanese Army, which now became an independent nation, our latest nation in the world of southern Sudan. And now far-reaching ministry wants to plant over 110 churches this coming year. Hey, that's worth praying for. They've won freedom, helped win freedom for that nation, but now they know we need to build churches that Islam has been destroying. Now let's build the churches. Let's continue to build up. This nation. We can pray for different ministries, different missionaries. John Piper wrote God has given us prayer as wartime walkie talkie so that we can call headquarters for everything we need as the kingdom of Christ advances in the world. Prayer gives us the significance of a frontline forces and gives God the glory of our limitless provider, the one who gives. The power gets the glory. Thus, prayer safeguards the supremacy of God while in missions, while linking us with the endless grace for every need. We are to pray always. We are to pray always with all prayer and supplication. We are to pray always in the spirit. We are to pray always for the body of Christ. We are to pray always for the ambassadors of Christ. Our prayer life. C.S. Lewis wrote, Prayer and the sense of petition, asking for things, is a small part of it. Confession and penance are its threshold. Adoration, its sanctuary, the presence and vision and enjoyment of God, its bread and wine. That sense of bread and wine, its communion, its fellowship with God. We can engage in fellowship with God when we pray to our Heavenly Father through the name of Jesus Christ. It's my prayer that our Lord Jesus would strengthen us in our own prayer lives and in the church's prayer life. That by combining our prayers with the sword of the spirit, the word of God, that we would be able to pull down strongholds, cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and pray and pray and pray until God bends the heavens and comes down. Father, we pray that you would be with us. And Lord, encourage us in our prayers. Lord, if we lack power, individually or as a church, Lord, it could be partly due with the absence of prayer in our life. So Lord, if this is a the truth, then I pray, Lord, that you would teach us to pray once again. That you would call us to our knees in praise and adoration, that we would, Lord, be watchful, that we would be vigilant in our prayers, that we would bring our prayers with all prayer and supplication. Lord, that we would pray always, that we'd pray in the Spirit for the body of Christ, for the ambassadors of Christ, bringing our petitions, our supplications, and our prayers before you. That, Lord, that we would see heaven been down, that we would see the power, Lord, not of machinery, not of methods, but the power of your Holy Spirit working in us what we could never do of ourselves. And Lord, ultimately, that you would be glorified. My prayer for us today, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. I shared with Lily probably yesterday that one of the things that's really been just Get me is Ephesians 5.26, where it says that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word. That portion of scripture, that verse means a lot to me. It means so much that my Bible is titled The Cleansing Word. My radio show is titled The Cleansing Word. In context, it's talking about a husband taking the word of God, reading it to his wife, that she would be washed by the water of the word. And I told Lily, I'm not doing that for you, and thus I'm guilty of the verse that I have claimed as my life verse, and I want to change that. I don't know what the Lord is calling for you to change in your life, but I want to encourage you to take the steps to do things differently that you can make and work the change out. Because if the Lord has been pastoring you constantly like on a certain little thing, then he's probably wanting you to deal with it, to not ignore him, but let's follow through. Whatever God's calling you to do, I would encourage you to engage the Lord. Answer that call. He wants to work in us. He has given us his spirit to help us. There is strength in Jesus. May you find that strength in him.